Hello, everyone. I'm Colin Tesla of Wrestling.com, joined by John Clark to talk about WWE Monday Night Raw. John, how you doing? Pretty good. How about yourself? Not too bad. Not too bad. I'd be better if uh, we could get through one episode of Raw without the question, can they coexist? But I think that's too high of a bar these days. But nonetheless, we, we, we press on. We deal with it. Uh, that will that'll be something I will talk about later because it, it was driving me up a wall tonight, let me tell you. Um, before we talk about the, the show uh, overall, just want to say that the, uh, this like our show, what, everything we do here at Zone is available on all of our platform, platforms. So it's not called Spotify, YouTube, our podcast, whatever it may, may be, we've got you covered. And Stephen Chambers, right off the bat here, saying Raw was not very good tonight. I mean, it's weird in that it was a fairly eventful show in some ways. But yes, in some ways as well, it was not very good. I, I would agree. Uh, for me, this may be one of those shows where I was, may have been a little influenced by some uh, some things I was upset about. Otherwise, we'll talk about that with the, the releases and everything. But there are things. There's some things to like as well. Eddie's already saying as we saw at the end of the show here. Uh, heel Kevin Owens is best for business. And with that being said, we might as well dive into that, try to start off with a, a positive or or at least a, a noteworthy change. So we had Kevin Owens facing Seth Rollins in the main, main event. That was unofficially confirmed last week. You know, Owens had challenged Rollins, and it was confirmed, I think, the next day. And then it was like, they I think they officially, officially announced it uh, shortly thereafter. But, you know, this was kind of the, the aftermath of last week's show where, uh, you know, Owens was facing Biggie and Rollins interfered, and then Owens wanted Biggie to trust him, but he obviously you can't trust Biggie. So this week we had Kevin Owens going around begging for approval, I guess. Acceptance. Begging, beg- <laughs> acceptance. Yes, even better. Begging for people to, you know, to to like him, to trust him, to say, "Hey, I'm not going to stab you in the back. I'm a good guy." You know, that, that was the old me. Um, we had a segment where he he asked uh, Biggie, the star of the show. Then he asked Rey Mysterio, who actually did say, "No, I, I trust you." But he, he was he's, he was preoccupied. Then he even asked our truth, and that went probably about as good as you would expect. Um, but you know, didn't love that. Of like that, he was just kind of begging for approval. It was like this is, this is Kevin Owens. You should be out there like dropping people with stunners, like not giving, not caring what people think. But at the same time, you know, I can, I can get behind the, a guy wanting to put their past behind him. Uh, but all, it all led to the main event here. We had Biggie uh, at ringside for Rollins and Kevin Owens, a, a very star-studded match. We've seen before they had a, they a WrestleMania feud in 2019. That was very, very good. Uh, granted that, that feud is very drawn out. So thankfully we haven't had too much of this feud since then. Um, so, or this match especially, but uh, having it in the main event here, I liked it. It was a very good match. And then Owens loses by count out, which struck me as a little odd. You know, Rollins is the number one contender for uh, Biggie's title, which I don't know if we'll get that Survivor Series. No, he won't. They announced, they officially announced that Biggie will face Roman Reigns, but probably at some point in the near future. So, you, you know, especially you factor in Kevin Owens' contract status, you know, kind of surprising that he didn't take the pin there. He talks by count out. And then, Upset that he lost, Kevin Owens snaps and proves that he is exactly who everyone said he is. He uh, he blindsided Biggie, beat him down pretty rough at the end of the show. Um, so there you have it. This was pretty clear that yes, Kevin Owens turning heel on Biggie, 
And as Nash was saying that we might be getting uh, Kevin Owens versus Big E as a feud here at some point soon as well. And that's something I'm forward to, um, among other possibilities for Big E here. But John, what do you think about this uh, show-long storyline here that we got tonight, coming off last week as well? Yeah, I thought it was a good development for uh, not just the feud, but for Kevin Owens, the character himself. It's very well documented that he's probably on his way out the door. He... I think it's down. He's down to just a little bit over two months now before he's likely departing the company. But who knows if this switch in character goes well, maybe he would stay. Uh, I'm I'm wondering if his contract does go the whole way until the Royal Rumble. If so, uh, I could see this being a Royal Rumble match where Biggie would possibly win to kind of send Kevin Owens away with a loss. If not, you have the day one pay-per-view event, which for sure would have this as a match. All depends on when they want to execute the Rollins and Biggie match, which I would assume would be in the next couple of weeks. Nevertheless, uh, it was a good turn tonight. I thought it was predictable based off of how the show was going and leading up to it. It was kind of like, okay, this is what's going to happen. And of course, that is exactly what did end up happening in the end. And then uh, Rollins' involvement in all this will be interesting next week to see kind of what, what do they do with him and, and involving him into this. It's clearly heading in the direction of a singles match between these two. I think that's fine. But I I find it hard to get too invested into it based off of the fact that everybody's assuming that he's leaving in a couple months. So uh, it would be different circumstances if he were staying because I do think he would be a, a legitimate contender to possibly win the title, but not right now. I would agree. Uh, it is important to note, as DJ is saying, no one really knows 100% whether Kevin Owens is leaving or staying, but it is the widely held assumption. So I'm kind of, I'm with you, John. It's hard, even though nobody knows, with that in the back of your mind, like, oh, he might be leaving. And then you don't want to get like really invested because then if he does leave, it's like, oh, okay, the, 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 then what? Right. So no, I, I get that entirely. Um, and as, as you said, who knows? Maybe if this goes well, if, if he has a nice round of the heel. Uh, if he's even, even if he doesn't like, I'm not saying he wins, if he doesn't need to win the title, but maybe just a nice run that, they, that he's handled well, better than he has been, which is again, that, that's a low bar as well. Um, you know, I, I, I think that there is a possibility that he could stay, right? I mean, he hasn't officially said he's leaving. And so until he actually signs elsewhere or, or the news comes up that he is actually leaving, you know, we are kind of in a holding pattern of kind of a wait and see in that sense. Um, but no, in the meantime, it, it does look like clearly he, he is being set up for a big storyline here. And I think that's good for him. I think this is overdue as well. Granted, we got to see him face Roman Reigns for title several times earlier last year. But uh, was that was that this year? My gosh, time is such a weird thing these days. That was this year. felt felt like a long, long time ago. Um, but boy, uh, but now this, the Sean Ekoff, even though we were seeing this kind of a uh, heel turn, maybe uh, a title program, he's saying that he believes Kevin Owens is leaving. So I had this thought as well tonight that he says uh, he thinks that is going to give him the Dean Ambrose treatment jobbing on the way out. When he lost my count tonight, that thought crossed my mind. Like it just kind of came across really weird of like, granted, I guess taking pinfall would have been worse in a way, and which was until, a little more surprising. Until he turns heel and then it's clear that he's going to be irrelevant centerpiece of the main event picture moving forward ambrose was not really in the main event scene when they dropped him out his last two months he was just kind of losing mid-card useless matches he clearly wasn't investing any time into this owens has already said you know 
whether it's three more weeks or three more months, I'm going to give it my all every time. So I think the circumstances are a little different. It was well documented that uh, Ambrose was not happy and that he was leaving. I don't think Owen's situation is the same, even though I think the end result will be the same. I think he is, for lack of a better term, taking it in a more professional way where he's going to try to make the most of it. And if he's going to leave, well, hey, if I'm going to go out losing a WWE championship match, so be it. But I essentially went out on top in the main event. But that just helps uh, other companies that may pick him up. Yeah, that's a good way for him to go out. It's a good way for, in theory, you know, another company to pick him up like that. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's a win-win either way. And, again, whether he stays or leaves, I think uh, if it's handled right, I like this better than what we did get with Ambrose because then at least you're kind of doing right by the performer of, like, you know, giving them this this prominent spot and, and giving them the chance to, you know, have that one last run no matter what. And even though you, even though you don't know what's going to happen, I, I like this better. Granted, we're sitting here not knowing what's going to happen next, but I like it, and I'm excited to see what happens next. And uh, some comments saying that maybe it might be a triple threat match. See if Stephen Chambers wondering if we get uh, Rollins, Owens, and Biggie in a three-way. Maybe. It depends on how long they want to draw this out. They, as I said, they did announce that uh, Biggie will be facing Reigns at Survivor Series. So I would imagine maybe uh, they might have two like simultaneous things going on where it's like they're going to have this storyline, but also you know Biggie facing Reigns. Um, so yeah, I, I think that that's a possibility that there still is going to have time until this contract is up in January. So I think that'd be great. I think that that'd be a natural kind of progression here, but I think a singles match would make it even more sense as well. So definitely, I think that was one of the more positive parts of the show tonight, you know, of Owens turning heel predictable, maybe, but I, you know, something to kind of talk about coming out of the show and the show with a kind of, a, uh, an interesting ending and i I, most time that's all i really asked for just to kind of leave me with something to look forward to next week and this should have that so i will very much like that and something else i very much liked as well Liv morgan uh won a future woman's title match here by winning a fatal five-way match definitely getting a lot of support for that in the comments already dj saying hashtag live morgan for women's champ finally she gets a title shot now this i believe was will be her first singles match for a title shot like this is gonna this is a big step up for her long overdue i know that i've been saying for all i've wanted to see her kind of get that opportunity um and when she lost in the first round of the queen's crown i was very surprised like over and over again it feels like she gets momentum and something happens and it's just kind of you know the the wheels fall off but here we go now we had um around you know maybe a a good thing coming out of a bad they announced the, the survive series team over the weekend on social media with with no buzz about it but uh, we had the the Rollins team here, and either to it was framed as a fun team building exercise, but it was also kind of a yet yeah, one of many can they coexist things tonight? They they for some reason felt uh, compelled to have these teammates fight in a five way match for a title shot, where you can kind of imagine no matter who who wins that there's going to be some tension even coming out of this. Is, oh, they got a title shot and I didn't. There you go. So, ignoring that, at the very least, Liv Morgan gets a title shot. So, the other two members of the team were Bianca Belair, uh, Queen Zelina Vega, Carmella, and uh, Ray Ripley. So, uh, a pretty good team. Uh, kind of weird to have uh, Ray Ripley, but not Nikki ASH. A little, a little interesting there because they're the tag team champions. Um, but I thought it was a very good match. It got time. This was a very good showing for Liv Morgan. I'm very much looking forward to seeing. Uh, 
a potential feud with her and Becky Lynch. I think I mentioned last week that, you know, she uh, has mentioned before in interviews when, when, when Becky left uh, backstage, not televised, she told Liv, hey, like when I'm gone, you're gonna win the title. And she didn't. So there's very clearly some some real life story that could bring into that there. Um, but I like this, John. What, what do you think about having, uh, we can talk about Survivor Series in a minute, but about having Liv Morgan win a title shot here? Uh, I like the idea. I thought it was, this was also a little predictable, being that, well, we've seen what's happened with her and the support she's gotten. And I, I, I didn't see a situation in which Belair would win again already. Rhea Ripley's already in a tag feud, so it wasn't realistic to, to see her winning that. So if not Liv Morgan, you're really only down to Carmella and Zelina. And I guess there could have been an argument made for Zelina, but it really wouldn't have made sense to have heel and heel. So Liv Morgan was really the ideal choice here. Like Eddie mentions, the crowd is behind her. Uh, she's improved in ring and on the mic all year. So this is kind of like, I don't want to say it's an audition, but it's not. It's more of like the opportunity to show that she can do what everybody has faith that she can do. And this is another situation where I, I don't necessarily think she's going to beat Becky Lynch for the title. If she can put up a good fight, though, that's all that matters. And, of course, uh, need to mention that the reason that she did win this match was because Dewdrop shows up. Uh, like uh, DJ saying, we need to thank Dewdrop for that. But Dewdrop, I guess, another heel turn tonight, if that's what you want to call it. Uh, attacking, so. attacking Bianca Belair, seemingly setting up that feud that was teased earlier in the night in a backstage promo. So similar to what Drew McIntyre did, we are also now going to get Bianca Belair kind of relegated to the mid-card in a feud. Uh, Drew did it with Jinder, and now Bianca will be doing it with Dewdrop. This benefits both. Uh, Dewdrop particularly being that now with Eva Marie finally permanently gone that we know. I mean, when I say finally, I mean like that it's official. I mean, we kind of had right, a feeling, right. well, is she going to come back? Well, she's not. Um, and after you're coming off of a week where, was it 16 or 18? 18. It was, it was 18, 18 superstars were fired in the past week. And Dewdrop uh, was visibly and publicly upset that Eva Marie was like, oh. So this is something for her to do now. And third time's a charm. I'm going to say it again. Uh, I don't think Dewdrop is going to win this feud. I think Bianca Belair isn't in a situation where she's just going to start losing every time. Like uh, we've seen sort of happen sometimes when champions lose their titles, they just start losing every time. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. I was fine with it. And, and as far as Liv Morgan goes, good for her. Yeah. I, um, I definitely would probably agree with the idea that this Liv's probably not going to win this. You know, this is, this is the first time that she's challenged for a title. It's not like they've built her up very strongly leading into this. Uh, this does actually seem to be a rare case where, where they are kind of going with what the people want because people have been very pretty vocal on social media, like, hey, you know, Liv Morgan's really cool, like, give her a chance. And, you know, enough people say that. And, and yeah, even if she loses, to give her just an, a, a chance to be in there with Becky Lynch, to put on a good match, to be in the spotlight, and to show what she can do uh, so that, you know, maybe down the road she, that that – what would set up something else beyond that with Eddie Zahari saying, what if she has a good match, but loses. And then maybe, you know, she, she wins the rumble and then maybe she, then you get an actual feud with Becky for WrestleMania time and do that. I think there's something, uh, there's a lot to like about that. Um, 
know, at this point, a lot can change until WrestleMania time. But at the same time, the, the Royal Rumble is not that far away. So something like this with with, with Morgan maybe coming uh, very close to beating Becker or something like that, and then coming falling just short, and then you have that story there. I think that's a, an option. I, 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 crazy things have happened, you know. Um, and with Dewdrop, uh, this was set up backstage where the uh, the they were they announced the, the five way match fit officially, and the, the members talking about it, and then. Uh, Dana Brooke. Dana, of all Dana Brooke was upset she wasn't on the team. And I was like, all right, you know, not that's all right. Um, and it was uh and do drop was upset as well. And I would say, you know, maybe some some valid upset uh feelings there. Well, she made it to the finals of the Queen's Crown, you know, she's had a fairly good run on Raw. She beat Marie for what that's worth. Um, and she was upset she wasn't on the team. Granted, as I said, Nikki SH has an even better case of like, hey, I literally hold the title right now, and I was raw raw woman's champion, but I digress. Uh, and she had said something good along the lines of Bianca, like, oh, you already had a, a title shot, a title run, and, and so I'm mean, like basically give someone else a, a chance. Um, and I think she she said something about like how Bianca like just got here, and it's like Dewdrop, you've been here like okay, granted you got maybe what June, but at that point it's like you're both new to the show, and it's not like either one can really claim um, senior status or anything. But uh, I do. I was kind of like the uh, the the Shotzi t- uh, heel turn on SmackDown. This felt odd in a way, and also it's also very different. I thought Shotzi would be great as a face, and then they turn to heel. I wasn't really loving like the the fun loving dewdrop of dancing, doing like the the jazz fingers or whatever. Um, whereas this, it feels like this could be something. Um, you know, there might be some some maybe some more some more shelf life to it. Some people wanting in the comments wanting them to bring her Piper Niven name back. Uh, they seem to be riding the the dewdrop name. They, she has a T shirt saying "Do Do the Drop." But we had a comment saying oh, they boy. like that catchphrase. <laughs> I was like, all right, um, not sure about that, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I will yet again, one of many things we have to wait and see. Uh, feuding with Bianca could be very good. As you said, John, I don't think she'll be winning this. Um, you mentioned the, the Drew McIntyre comparison of how him and feuding with Ginger, with Drew kind of getting relegated to the mid-card scene. That didn't really do Ginger any favors. He, he lost pretty decisively at SummerSlam, didn't really do anything after that, or actually hasn't done anything after that since. So... Uh, if they can find a way to like really uh, benefit both, that'd be great. But if it's more of just a way to kind of keep Bianca busy and not really help do drop along here, I think that'd be a shame because she was she had a pretty good run on XT UK, and I think a lot of people want to see her do more on Raw here, and this could be a way to do that. So uh, another kind of change we saw tonight of like, okay, she's got this character change, we're waiting to what happens with it. Um, I don't know. It's, just, it's, it's interesting because like she seems like a pretty natural babyface in a way, and then comes out and like was pretty heel heel move of cost Bianca the match. It's like no, that's a, a pretty clear just like Owens, a pretty clear direction of where we're yep. going here, and we have to wait and see what happens there. Um, but th- I mean, I, I will say in a way, I'm th- I'm thankful she's not on the the team Raw Survivor Series team because then you'd have yet another can they coexist thing. So at least there's they they avoided that um, trope in one way. Uh, one one time they did not was only had an eight man tag team match earlier in the show. It was RK Bro and the Street Profits versus uh, the Dirty Dogs, AJ Styles and Almost. Styles was uh, back for the first time. He had missed two weeks with a, some non disclosed medical issue. Um, not quite sure what that was, but he's back, so he's good to go. Very glad glad to have him back on the show. And right before this, we had a nice promo with Randy Orton. I like this a lot. I love it when babyfaces make sense. 
he said, Riddle, you know, last week you picked a fight with almost, you know, we're the champions. We got to deal with people, you know, coming after us anyway. So we don't have to go out and like fight almost of all people. And then the, uh, Riddle was like, oh, I was just trying to help the Street Profits. And Randy said, I don't care about the Street Profits. We're the champions. Like we got to focus on that. And of course, the Street Profits right behind him. And Randy wasn't like, oh, no, I didn't mean it. He was like, no, like I, I mean it. Like we're going to do what we're going to do. So I thought that made sense. And because this was so early in the show, my knife butt was like, oh, that was good. Like, you know, now they're going to have this tag team match. And I just completely overlooked like, oh, that was actually the somewhat clever way of setting up the Kenny Coexist thing. Because then that played out over the whole match. And then the heels, you know, they they, they built up the faces not being able to coexist. Then the heels couldn't coexist because Dolph Ziggler tied himself in. AJ got upset. They're arguing. Uh, it was a good match. We got time. And that happened at the end. And then still, Dolph Ziggler, of all people, pinned Riddle. And I was like... I was upset last week because because Dolph Ziggler pinned Montez Ford. You're gonna have Dolph Ziggler pin Riddle. I feel like Riddle's taken a lot of pins lately, and not to say that's like the you know disaster you know it's a horrible situation, but at the same time, like come on, man, like if you're okay. Well, granted, inevitably it feels like wins and losses don't matter, but for me they do matter. All right, so when I see a guy getting pinned over and over again, it's like that's not a good look. So. Uh, and of course, they, to make matters even worse, then the second after uh, Ziggler pinned uh, Riddle gets dropped in RKO. So, like Arcade Bro kind of stood tall anyway. But I don't know. I thought this was good. Didn't really like the outcome in that sense. But uh, as far as the the kind of coexist things go tonight, I thought this was probably the the best example of them at least. I'll, I'll say that much. How many wins in a row? Is that now for uh, Dolph and, and Rude? They've been on a hot streak. That's at least three. And yeah, they have been convincingly beating the champs and any com- any competitors coming their way. Uh, do you think they are potentially the ones that could be the champions next or no? No. no. If so I, what do you think? Where do you think, where do you, where do you think we're going here then with the whole tag thing? Well, we have two back-to-back questions here. Yet again, wondering, you know, basically something's going to give with with one of these TVs splitting. With Stephen Chambers wondering if Archie Bros going to break up, maybe even by the end of the year. And on the flip side, DJ's wondering if we're going to see almost an AJ breaking up and getting, I guess, AJ and or almost a singles push, um, either one. Now we we mentioned weeks ago there was some uh, just reported discussion about having that that very scenario happen, uh, and they they said almost may not be ready for that. But um, again, I feel like we talk about it every week, but like, I think they really should try and like play the long game, do RK bro as a, a, a WrestleMania feud. Eddie's already have a good idea of having uh, riddle eliminate Randy in the Royal rumble. And then that would prompt Randy to turn on riddle. And there you go. No, you got to do it the other way around. I think, I think riddle has to be the, the baby face. And let's not forget that the Royal Rumble is in St. Louis, mm, and Randy true. Orton is from St. Louis, so he's going to get crowd reaction. And so they're kind of in a pickle there, because if they want him to be the bad guy, he's not really going to get booed in St. Louis. Maybe right. he will, but anyway. I don't know. I don't know if that's the right time. That might be the time, I think, where they would drop the titles, and then maybe after the match, they just go after each other. I don't know. I definitely do think they're going to have a WrestleMania match. It's going to be Randy Orton versus Riddle at WrestleMania, and then how we get there and who dethrones them and all that is just blanks to be filled in between now and then. 
We're definitely getting some support uh, in that same vein of, of having the Dirty Dogs actually be the ones to get the titles. As mentioned a minute ago, I, I didn't mean to shoot, shoot the idea down. Uh, Stephen Chambers saying that the Dirty Dogs got the belts. You could do Dirty Dogs Street Profits. I mean, we saw them have a lot of good matches on SmackDown. So while they've had really good matches on Raw, that wouldn't exactly be something new. Uh, that would be my only drawback for that. Uh, and that's just saying that the Dirty Dogs champions is would be okay. Um, and it'd be okay. Like they, they are very, they're reliable. Uh, the two very, you know, workhorse like veterans, Ziegler and Rude, uh, very, very talented, both men, I would say in many ways underrated. Um, I just, I don't know. It feels, it feels a little vanilla in a way of like, we, we, we had, they had to rain on SmackDown. They've been the Raw champions before and I'm not sure what they could really bring to the table. That's new right now. Uh, I want the street profits to tell us back at some point. Um, they, they want, I don't think they never got it back when they lost them on SmackDown. So I hope they get the to get that moment back to get the titles and win them from the fans. And that'd be pretty cool. Uh, Herman Takara saying the Dairy Dogs aren't going to win. Um, I, I would probably somebody has to though, <laughs> right? But um, and again, that that yet again begs the question of, of depth in the tag division. You know, otherwise on Raw, what do you got? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, really... your options aren't very aren't very high in yeah. quantity. So. I guess of, of the options there, I'd probably lean toward the, the, the street profits because, granted, you could say the same thing. They they don't have a lot of – that's necessarily new to bring to the table, but it's newer than the Dirty Dogs in a way. Um, so I guess that would be my preferred option, unless they can find a way to build up a team or I, I, if they – because of that, that again, that de the depth concern brings somebody up from NXT. But with limited options right now, I would probably prefer the, the, street, the street profits right here um, at some point soon. So um, – but yeah, the, the, again, the, the, of the options here tonight, the, where we had several matches of Candy Who exists, I thought this was the best done. Uh, but then the, the wheels quickly fell off. It turned into like there were several tweets about it. There were several uh, mentions of it on, uh, on by the broadcast team, and another one that that on, in theory didn't have to be one turned into one anyway. So we had Adam Pierce come out to the ring with with Rey Mysterio Dominic. And, and John, do you know what Adam Pierce said to Dominic, uh, essentially? Oh, you're not good enough to be on Team Raw. I I, pi I picked you. I picked you with with no qualifying matches, with, with, with just by the pick of my hand. And he's like, and I made a mistake. And then in my mind, I'm, I'm sure many other people as well, it's like you did didn't you didn't need to make a mistake, just have qualifying matches so you could say, oh, these people deserve deserve to be on the team. But I maybe, you know, perhaps being for being a little different. So I was like, oh, you know, I, I picked the teams and I made a mistake. I made a mistake because humans make mistakes, obviously. So uh, he said, Dominic, you know what? I picked you for this team, but everyone else has been a W champion. But you, you haven't. You're, you're, not, you're not good enough. So he said, I'm not going to move you from the team raw, uh, but I will make you def defend your spot against this man. It was Bobby Lashley, and you knew this. This this young man was about to be just destroyed in front of his father on national television. That's exactly what happened. Uh, Bobby Lashley. This was the first time we've seen him, I think, since the draft. I believe. I think. Don't quote me on that, but I, but I, it's been a couple of weeks at least. And more, maybe just as important, MVP was in as well. MVP had been dealing with some medical issues, so both of them are back on Raw here. I think that's a very good thing. But Lashley utterly dismantled Dominic Mysterio. You know, no, no uncertainty there. 
And he also attacked Rey Mysterio at one point of ringside because Rey was trying to help Dominic. Uh, and then, you know, he just, you know, he got, he got the, the academic uh, pinfall. Because he, he, he didn't even let Dominic tap out to the hurt lock, drop him with a spear. So Lashley's now on Team Raw. And Team Raw actually looks pretty good because uh, Lashley's on now. It is now Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Rey Mysterio, and Bobby Lashley. Now, the last two are things that they would tell you things are interesting because with Bobby Lashley attacking Dominic tonight and just beating him down, uh, obviously, you have to ask the question, can they coexist? Because he has beat his son. <laughs> I'm just like, why? Why? Every match on, like, not every, I'm not going to say every match, but by and large, every match or every story on this show, in some way, shape, or form, boiled down to can they coexist? Whether it was the tag team match that we were just talking about, in the end, when it was Biggie and Kevin Owens, maybe in a, a slightly different way of coexisting, well, this very clearly, yet again, they very clearly said it. Oh, can they coexist on Team Raw? And then they tweeted about it and just kept referencing it over and over again. John, it's not cute to joke about it when they can clearly do things differently and stop this. Stop how the madness, John. How do you explain that one? The thought process behind that. How do you explain that? I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I used to love Survivor Series, and I'm 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 not old. I I, I started watching in 2008. I liked when they were qualifying matches so that you could have teams that were like, okay, you can see they they deserve to be there. And and there's massive mistakes in the shows, and it's like okay, then and these matches mean something because these guys earn their spot. Saturday, out of the blue, well, granted, Robert and I were talking about on Friday of having no build for Survivor Series so far. Saturday, they just tweet, oh, here are the lineups. They're gonna go. And um, what's, at, what's at stake? Also, what what was no, nothing? Stake? Nothing as far as no. Xavier Woods himself, King Woods, was like, "Hey, what are we fighting for? I, I like to fight for more than the prize money." And apparently, <laughs> I uh, I think I saw that he had he tweeted a video or something proposing has not been confirmed, but proposing a very interesting idea. But while we're on the subject about it, that uh, basically for for at least for maybe the I think he meant the men's match, but maybe maybe in both cases. Uh, the, the winning team would compete in a fatal five-way match for the last five spots in the Royal Rumble, and the losing team would compete in a five-way match for the first five spots. So basically, the winning team would have a much better shot when win the Royal Rumble, whereas the losing team would have a much harder time. That was not been confirmed, but he pitched that idea, and there are worse ways to, to give Survivor Series some stakes. So... I like that. I, I I hope they do something, something to make the match more meaningful. Because otherwise, it's it's brand supremacy for guys. I believe quite literally everyone on both teams. Let me double check that real quick. But by and large, everyone on these teams, I think other than Lashley, was on the opposite brand a month ago for Team Raw. Oh boy! And for Team SmackDown, that is also true, except for Zayn and Corbin. So quite literally. It's just a complete flip-flop, so the brand allegiance or loyalty doesn't mean anything, even though that's what they're supposedly fighting for. So, yes, as Eddie's saying, something else needs to be on the line, whatever it might be. A Royal Rumble spot, where the loser gets the losers get number one or two, winners get number, number uh, 29, 30, however they want to break it down, uh, something. You know, something other than this, because, you know, the way that they, they, they're, they're rolling with the calendar... It's like these rosters are not set. You know, you can't really make a case for that brand loyalty. So, something I I hope maybe it's too, maybe it's too late for this year, but but maybe they'll do something differently um, in the future because this is not great. The pay per view 
not, I don't want to say quality wise, but common sense, I guess, wise gets worse every year. And, and it's like, it, it's, it's legitimately a glorified house show where we have a bunch of random matches with no bill, no meaning, no nothing on pay-per-view. And then that's it. Like, this is literally like, you know how they always say like, Stream rules is the one night a year they get extreme, which is completely not true. <laughs> that is not and true at all. How money in the bank is the one night a year that they have ladders, and that's also not true. They should make Survivor Series like the one night of the year where nothing makes sense because, like, that's <laughs> that's pretty much what it is. But John, it? nothing makes sense every night of the week in a WWE calendar. Oh boy, it feels like nothing is happening until the Royal Rumble. And I know you said the Royal Rumble wasn't far away, but it is still almost three months away. Yeah. yeah. That, that's a long time. And I will say there's, there, there's some of the folk forward to you. Like you, it, it, it feels like it's in a vacuum, but I think it's going to be a fun show build up or no build up. And that's what happened last year. Like we, we were talking about it. I think, you know, just the general kind of narrative heading into it was like, Oh wow, this is stupid. It doesn't matter. You know, what, what's the point? It's not really going to mean anything, but then drew drew and Roman was really good. Um, if I'm looking at it now, what else did we get? We got Lashley and Sami Zayn, and that wasn't so great. Uh, Sasha Banks Asuka was pretty good. Uh, we got street profits. New day was pretty good. Even though they had the title swap. Um, you know, the, the Team Raw, Team SmackDown match was pretty good. All things like, yeah, so it didn't really matter, but it was a fairly good show. And this, you know, uh, the, as I said earlier, they confirmed uh, that Sasha, that Charlotte will be facing Becky Lynch. I think that'll be very, very good, both in terms of the storyline they have on TV and obviously the, mm-hmm. the drama they've got behind the scenes. So that'll be uh, something interesting to watch there. We have we got the confirmation that Biggie will be facing, Drew Mac- uh, Biggie will be facing Roman Reigns, yeah. uh, as we've been widely expecting. Granted, they haven't really built up to that since they briefly did in... I think September. So yeah. So we have um, four. We have four confirmed matches, and uh, even though Biggie and Roman Reigns is probably going to main event, uh, I do think an argument could be made, as we've already seen some people commenting, that Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair should be the main event. Two reasons. One would be that I don't think women have really main evented a pay per view since night one of WrestleMania. And they're typically sticklers for doing that at least a few times a year just for, I don't know if it's for PR or whatever, but they normally do that. Secondly, the fact that these two female superstars have a strong dislike for each other in real life and on TV. But more importantly, like you said, in real life where they were legitimately beefing with each other backstage a couple weeks ago about how basically just trying to one up each other and then yeah. it got it went too far and they actually were wanted to fight backstage and i think that could make for a really good or really bad match we've seen in the past with superstars such as Nia Jax another one who was released last week that she was very upset at Becky Lynch and <laughs> she was bleeding out of her nose that and Becky referenced that tonight on the show how that was 3 years ago where Nia Jax busted her open, and we've also seen it before with Charlotte and who was it? Was it also Nia Jax? I think. Yeah, it was I think Nia so, Jax. Yeah. It was Charlotte and Nia Jax a couple months ago, where um, 
Nia just got upset in the middle of the match and like legitimately popped her in the head. And of course, they got back on track to finish the match. But um, I think this would be a good match to main event the show. I think a lot of these matches are going to have interference or some kind of shenanigans of some, some kind sort. of something that helps build their story. So, for example, I could see Sasha Banks maybe interfering to continue her view with Charlotte. Or uh, if Brock Lesnar were to show up, since we thought maybe The Rock would be there, but I, I strongly don't think The Rock's going to be there. If he was going to be there, that would be about the only thing that would save this pay-per-view at this point. But I think there's an argument to be made that Brock Lesnar would be there and show up at the end and confront Roman Reigns and set up a match. I would want to say maybe at the Royal Rumble, even though that's a little early to set something up two months in advance. But I think they did that before. The Crown Jewel match was set up pretty much two months in advance. Yeah. SummerSlam was in August. Crown Jewel was in end of October. So, yeah. I think they could do that. Um, I would, I would, I would agree. You know, you look at these matches: Reigns and Becky, Charlotte versus Becky. Like, you know, I, I would pretty much be surprised if either one ended really cleanly, and whether and whatever that's interference or, or even like, I don't know, a, a low blow or, or a roll up or something, something kind of a, the, you know, further the story and or kind of uh, protect whoever winds up losing. Uh, I like this comment from. Or, uh, sorry, we'll talk about the. Oh, they come on first. Eddie, like you mentioned the Rock potentially returning. I mean, it is his 25-year anniversary. I do have to think he'll be involved somehow. Obviously, he's a very, very busy man uh, uh, all over the Hollywood world there. But um, I'd, I'd be a bit of, it'd be a bit of a bummer if he does. Uh, if he's not involved at all, even if it's like a video promo or something. Which uh, I, I think I is what it will be. Yeah. I don't think it'll be like the, the Undertaker's final farewell or anything, but... Um, you know, there's some involvement, you know, I think some, somehow getting him, you know, just to be, be, uh, participate somehow. I think that, that'd be a missed opportunity. I mean, ideally, ideally you'd get him to like come to Brooklyn for the one night. It's a big, it's a big venue. Obviously it's a big show. Um, but we, we have no idea, you know, I have no idea if that will be happening. I hope it does. Um, yet again, you know, if we can say on that one, uh, I did also commenting about potential matches for the show where you have, Again, this is the theme of champion versus champions. I'm wondering if we or suggesting we could get Damian Priest versus Shinsuke Nakamura and Arky Pro versus the Usos. I mean, in years past, they've done pretty much every champion versus every champion. So in that case, it would be the mid-card champions and the tag team champions. So these are realistic and possible. Um, I believe none of these guys are on no, none, none, none of these guys are on Team R SmackDown. So um I I could see maybe uh, depending how i don't know i think i think they're both worthy of the main cards so they could do something else for the for the kickoff but i think that's an easy way to build the card a little bit you know if you're having this this um flawed as it may be this theme of brand supremacy i think that makes sense granted damian priest was not on the show tonight and archibro they were in, they had that tag team match but um they could those are two matches they could easily just kind of throw together uh Next week, or even or even on the go home show if they really want to. So um, I like the idea. I would definitely wouldn't wouldn't mind. But um, and I, yeah, in a way, I'd be surprised if we see that as well because like that's what you usually tend to do. So I feel like you can kind of, in some ways, safely uh, bank on that. Something that I wouldn't have banked on seeing tonight was Corey Graves and uh, Byron Saxton winning the twenty four seven title. 
albeit briefly. So we had uh, an actual match for the title with uh, Reggie and Drake Maverick. Drake Maverick won the title. And it's just, it's funny for me covering this stuff. It's like, okay, Reggie's probably going to win, so don't don't worry about it. And then Drake Maverick wins. I'm like, all right, I got to start like getting ready to like be like, Drake Maverick wins the title. And then uh, I I don't even know it. Everything just like what everything got Kira really. Kozawa won, and then Corey Graves won, and then Byron Saxton won. And then I believe Drake Maverick won again. And then Reggie and got it back. Reggie yeah. got it back. Yeah. Uh, and Nesha had said earlier in the show, she thought this was fun. And DJ's asking our thoughts on it. Admittedly, like, I, I had stepped out of the room and I, I overheard what was happening. And then I saw the tweet, the tweets about it, like people, people being like, oh, Corey Graves just won the title. And, and yeah, yeah this like, uh, DJ, uh, this, this does not count as Corey Graves getting physical. He did not get a physical. He grabbed somebody from the tights like we've seen NASCAR drivers do on the show before, like we've seen actors do on the show before. This, this is by no means what I would call him getting physical. I think this was just a roll of the tights. Byron did the same thing. Um, I'm surprised Jimmy Smith didn't get up and try anything or the referee didn't try. I mean, it's just, it's crazy, but this is the first time, uh, this was the longest 24 seven reign we've had to this point. It was over a hundred days in a row that Reggie had had the title. And so it was sort of a big deal, but he ended up walking out the champion anyway. So whatever. Right. You know, um, it's fine. You know, it's kind of like it, um, again, I guess chaotic is, is the best word for it. Where it's like I, I used to really like when they did like the more kind of uh, vignette kind of things, or or the more kind of like fun things. So like you know, I'll never forget having uh, Mike and Maria in, in the gynecologist office and having <laughs> having Maria win the title like that and all that stuff. Like I, I like that kind of thing. If you're gonna have it be like this weird thing and trying to have it be chaotic like that, you might as well just go all the way with it. Whereas now it's more of this kind of thing and we haven't seen um the, the other the other side of it's quite so much you know during the pandemic era we had the 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 ninja prophets and everything and, and kiritazawa and all that stuff and the viking the viking prophets i mean all that stuff as well um getting tied up in it with it but um yeah i this is fine it's 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 harmless it's like it's whatever it's really like what five minutes tops out of a three-hour show so yeah what as, as john said whatever you know it's fine um in a way like if you're gonna have red lose the title and gain it back like why not stop and keep like why have him lose in the first place but yeah that was good for graves good for, good for saxton graves this is his first title win since i believe 2013 when he was in nxt so you know, you know a good kind of tip of the hat to him you know unfortunately his career in the ring that didn't really go the way he may have wanted to and he obviously has uh had this very great commentary career so I think that was good for him, and that's all there really is to it. Uh, other thing we haven't really talked about before we get into some of the, the releases and things, we did, John, I think you or someone in the comments I mentioned last week, uh, the idea that we might see Otis and Biggie, I think or I think, I think it was a comment where we were, and we were like, oh, they're not going to do that. I think they're going to do it, John. These guys are beefing, and then the, the, the WWE Twitter account literally tweeted <laughs> a photo of them with lots of beef of emojis. Uh, and speaking of which, DJ saying great show because it was uh, Biggie versus Gable tonight, and then Otis got the, the post match stare down. So Gable, yet again, continuing, and DJ finding it was him last week. Yes, yeah, so DJ, you were spot on with that one. Otis, we are going to get uh, big meaty men slapping meat at some point soon with Biggie and Otis. Um, so Gable looked good. I, 
I don't know which side of the spectrum I'm on of, of having um, Alpha Academy like actually be academic now, <laughs> like because he's, he's really gloating about um, his degree and, and being the valedictorian, and you know he, he was talking about his 4.0 GPO. So now he's got this very like old school like genius gimmick, and I'm very split like whether it's goofy or whether it's like actually good. Like I don't know. Uh, this was really the, the, I think maybe the second week that we've really seen that may, or maybe the third one, but this is still pretty early on or if I'm, I'm going to withhold my firm judgment on that, but like, I'm liking it, but also I'm like, not quite sure. Cause I don't know if it has really the, uh, a, a, a good shelf life because and again, I think, uh, it feels like Gable's being kind of pigeonholed in, in this role where it's like, you can see he can go in the ring. He's like a great wrestler. And he gets you know stuck by these gimmicks of like Shoy DG and now and then it was uh, the Alpha Academy at first could have been kind of cool and now it's this like old school genius thing. Um, but end of the day he's on TV. But John, what do you think about Gable and Biggie here, and also the the prospect of having uh, Otis begin? You had tweeted about the, the jokingly about Otis Otis winning the Royal Rumble coming out of this, you know. But. Oh man. Because nobody thought he was going to win in the bank, and he did. Now, what if he were to somehow end up winning Royal Rumble, which is – there's no way. But uh, one would these two – I mean, this – honestly, this could be a match I see them doing, like, in Saudi Arabia in February, like, as a holdover between WrestleMania and Royal Rumble. Uh, but I don't – I don't know. It's it's fine. I I love Otis, but I don't even think it's that much. It, like worst case, they they run it next week and don't hype it up at all. Best case, they they reestablish Otis as a monster and do it like maybe day one if they're desperate. Like I and but as DJ saying, it's WWE. Anything can happen. You never know. Um, you never know what's going to happen there. But uh, you, John, you tweeted about uh, Otis winning the Rumble, and I tweeted out, and I just want to share it here. You said that, and I just thought, like, I, I can see it now, all right? So we got a couple months of, of Gable going with this, like, oh, I'm, I'm so academic, and I'm so smart, blah, blah, blah. And then oh, you start getting the slow tease of Otis, like, kind, kind of not liking that. And at some point, you know, some point, maybe early January, you get Otis, he just snaps. He's like, I hate school. And, then he, and he turns face, and he goes off, and he gets pushed to the moon, and wins the Rumble, and we're off to the races. And he finally gets the run he should have had last year. Um, I... I popped myself on that one. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but yes, uh, if they do have a match, Biggie and Otis will indeed, as Eddie's saying, will we'll be big meaty men slapping each other. He's saying big meat slapping each other. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, if they do this next week or the week after or whatever, like, it'll be fun. Uh, obviously, Otis isn't going to win as much as I like him. Uh, Steven, Steven Chambers saying put Alpha Academy in the tag division. I mean, they were in the a tag team match two weeks ago or so pretty soon into these new these new rosters so it's not like they're not in it but they haven't been really featuring it since then so no i, I think they should be we we're talking about the lack of tag news earlier you've got a tag team right there so why not use them um we're not we're not in the single sense they're, they're a team so hopefully maybe we'll get this match with biggie and then return to their focus in the tag division but um good good showing for gable and, and yet as i said last week the bar is low. I like this. The week to week. Okay, we had Biggie and the Alpha Academy backstage. Then you had Biggie versus Gable this week. Then potentially next week you've got um, 
or, or somewhat sometime soon, then maybe Biggie versus Otis here. So do you want to talk about the releases at least a little bit? So with that being said, John, I think we ran through all, at least all the big things. What did you think about Rod Lyle on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, go with a 6.5. That's exactly what I was going to say. And that the the number for me is I don't want to hammer on too much. It's the the can they coexist thing really got me at night. I did not did not care for it, and I it, I don't know, man. I'm starting to reach the boiling point of like something. It, it got to stop. Like it's enough already, man. Like oh man, DJ going a little higher than seven, but Stephen Chamber is seemingly more on the side saying that it was not a good show tonight with a five. Uh, I'll read the numbers as they continue to come in, but obviously would be remiss to, uh, to not talk about at least, especially the, the raw side of releases here because boy, oh boy, 18 releases last Thursday shook up the wrestling world here. It's messed with a six for the show tonight as well. Um, for me on the raw side, absolutely stunning. When you think about Karrion Cross, Keith Lee, now we talked about Nia, brought up Nijax earlier. So many more than I can think to mention right now. Um, Ember Moon, another one. Uh, Scarlet alongside Carrion there, but um, so many people out of stunned. Let's let's say Dorado, Grand Metalik, uh, several NXT people as well. But um, my gosh, like for me, the, the obviously the big ones are Carrion Cross, Keith Lee, John. For weeks and weeks and weeks, really months at this point, you and I have been here talking about like, wow, these two guys could be great. They just got to like kind of figure it out booking wise, and like they for me. Guys should be like two top level stars. Loved what Cross was doing on, on NXT. Was a big fan of Keith Lee uh, on NXT, and when, when he first came up, came up in the main roster, and somewhere along the way, just ah, they they mis mishandled it. And then we got Bearcat Lee. Then we got Gladiator Helmet carrying Cross, and it's just. It's really frustrating from a creative standpoint, from a from a, hu a human standpoint of this, like yet again, this, this group of people uh, losing their jobs, and obviously the reports about it being some of it being related to vaccination status of that complicates things. But the the the, the frustration about the, the creative stuff remains the same. That these people that, for all intents and purposes, could have been. Top level stars. I, I've said it before, especially when after they are released, my immediate reaction was like, Karen Cross and Keith Lee, two guys you could build a company around. They could like world champion level and never got that that chance here beyond NXT, obviously. But it's just flooring. You have these people that like you don't use correctly and it just, you, they slip through your fingers. And now, I have to imagine that especially a guy like Lee and Cross are going to go off, whether it's AW, whether it's Impact, whoever, whatever, and they're going to shine very, very brightly and say, hey, like this is what you could have had. And it's uh, Frankie Monet, DJ Point, another one. That stunned me because I was like, she could have, you and I talk about NXT all the time on the Tuesday show. She, like, as she arrived, I was like, this, she should be a future NXT Women's Champion. She had six matches, one of them to challenge yeah. for the title, and she gets released. And she only signed this past February. It's just it's yeah. stunning and saddening and maddening and many more things, many more INGs. But um, what do you think about these releases overall and just your, your thoughts on the, the general situation? You kind of hit the nail on the head with all that. I mean, Karrion Cross, Keith Lee, Nia Jackson, Ramoon, Scarlet. Uh, B-Fab of Hit Row, just so many names, just 
seemingly fired in the past week with no reason other than budget cuts after reporting $256 million of profit in the last quarter. It all came down to creative. They had nothing for them. They didn't know what they were going to do. They're they're shimmying down the roster to uh, a few really good guys and then a bunch of mid-card talent that could kind of hold down the fort. And it is what it is. There's not a whole lot we can do. There's not. We are very much two people sitting on the outside of this looking in and obviously frustrated. There's nothing we can do. Um, and part of that, maybe part like that's why I, I enter the show like tonight on Monday night, what Monday night raw. I'm like, no, I'm frustrated. Like this stuff keeps happening and whether, you know, over and over again, just this year alone, you know, two of my favorite guys Andrade and Mount and, um, Alistair Black at the time, you know, get, get released. And then thankfully they go off and do good things elsewhere. But at the time it's like heartbreaking is like, you want to see them do so well here. Cause I am, I am a WWE fan. I always have been, always will be. And then the guy like. I, I don't want to keep you know hone, like harking on Keith Lee carrying across. They're just so so good, like it's right there, and they just could never quite hit it. You mentioned the the, the uh, creative not having anything for him. There were reports that carrying uh, cross is going to be repackaged a third time. Uh, there there are some pictures on social media about that new gimmick that we'll never get to know what that was going to be. Uh, but that's just. So aggravating, but uh, my am another one. Never got, never, never even got a chance to be other than uh, uh, retribution. Never got a chance to be on the main roster uh, as a single star, even though she had gotten called up, gotten drafted. She never got a chance. Um, but at this point, you know, it, in some ways, like it is just the the way WWE is going to run the business, and and the idea that uh, it is very much driven by the bottom dollar, by the money. Uh, I know someone, uh, Stephen Stephen Chambers, saying that. Uh, you know, Manea tweeted that she got released because of her age. She's 38. That was that was something else I had to reported. I'm not sure about uh, the validity of that, but that stuff had been making the rounds of like that they might be orienting towards a more young roster, at least on the woman's side. I think that's very very problematic in its own way as well. And we could talk about that for another another, another solid hour here. But um, yeah, man, it's just. It's an aggravating time. You know, I talked about it with Robert. I wanted to bring it up here. So hopefully now we can kind of move past it. But, um, man, you know, it's just, and Nash should point out some of, some of these people might come back. All right. We did have, we did have Zelina Vega. Uh, got, uh, she got released. She came back. So you never know. Uh, but I will say Zelina has been kind of the exception. So, you know, and I, I, Good for her. She she won the Queen's Crown. She's doing great, and I'm, ha I'm happy for her, and I'm a big fan of hers. And there are people that I would like to see come back, but at the same time, in a way, part of the part of the dynamic dynamic now is that, like, in a way, you're kind of like, I'm a WWE fan, and I want you to succeed here, but it's like, no, maybe you might be better off elsewhere because, like, all these problems we talk about every week. Uh, Joe, okay, Smell Joe as well. Okay, so but there are there are exceptions. There are, there are things like that, but um, we'll by and large. Yeah, by and large, we'll see, you know, by and large, the people have gone elsewhere and done great things. And you have to be hopeful that uh, they will shine elsewhere as they are very, very capable of doing. And that's more of the motions that, that I like to try and focus on rather than the, the doom and gloom that natural companies think. So that being said, don't want to focus on too, too much. But John, John, I'll be back here Tuesday night to talk about WWE NXT 2.0. Yikes. <laughs> 
And other than that, uh, the, the Diamond du- two Diamond Dudes on a Rampage cover all things AEW. So if, if you're interested in that, if you're part of the team AEW, check that out. And otherwise, Rob and I are here on, on Fridays talk about Friday Night SmackDown. And other than that, we've got a great stream of interviews constantly coming at you guys. Bill Pritchard recently interviewed, uh, gosh, Booker T. Uh, Dominic interviewed Mick Foley. I interviewed Caprice Coleman of Ring of Honor today, so that'll, that'll be up later this week as well. My interview with Hornswoggle, WWE legend Hornswoggle, will be up later this week as well. Lots of good stuff. Constantly coming, guys. Make sure to leave, like, subscribe. We appreciate your support. We appreciate your comments. Thank you for uh, look, giving us your time and contributing your, your comments, keeping the conversation going. And with that being said, even in uh, distressing times as these have been for the past couple of days, we like to try and move forward and be hopeful. And in doing so, John, we try to do one thing above all, all others. And you can tell me what that is. Sit back, relax, enjoy the show. Indeed. Thanks for listening, everybody.